0: This is the Max Out Savings Show with Ted Gioca, a presentation of Max Out Savings Advisors. Now, here's your host from Max Out Savings Advisors, Ted Gioca.
1: Welcome to the Max Out Savings Show. I'm Ted Gioka, and we are talking savings investments in your retirement as always here on the show. And uh Max House Saving Show is one of Houston's most popular financial radio shows we've been on the air for uh, over 14 years uh, that's, that's about right in uh, uh, 13 14 years and we, we've also run on Sundays as well uh, so and you, uh, it's uh, Saturdays at 10 o'clock in, uh here on 1070 and then on uh, Sunday on 1070 at uh, three o'clock. So, uh, in addition, you can catch our podcast by going to the to 10, KNTH 1070 Answers website. Uh, you can catch those as well. And, and, and you can also go to the website right now and listen live from anywhere in the world. So there's a lot of ways to participate in the show. And uh, we're here talking about savings, investments, your retirement in the world today. And we live in one of the most challenging times in you know, in, in decades, I think in it, it, it. You know, how do you navigate retirement through that? And the dangers to retirement are just extraordinary. Uh, and so, we'll be discussing some of that on the show. Our philosophy and our motto is to save aggressively and invest conservatively. That's the key to building up wealth over the long term: save aggressively and invest conservatively. So, looking. Where to go? We've got a, quite a bit to talk about on the show here. Uh, really, uh, we want to cover some of the thing a lot of things that are happening in the world. In uh, we've got the election coming up, and, and keep in mind the election is no, effectively the first week in November. So you got October, uh, September, August. You know we're mid-July, so it's three and a half months. I mean, the, the election's coming up quite quickly, uh, and and we're going to have a choice between two. Very different forms of government, and uh, you know, one of his more free market capitalist system, and uh, yeah, and really uh, with, with with you know with the president that's been put in place to shake things up in this country, he's shaken things up and upset a lot of people, but but quite frankly, there's too many people out there that really have had a pretty easy ride and have taken advantage of the American people, in particular China. In other other groups out there that have really shifted jobs overseas and, and and then to the where not only did we lose millions of jobs millions of jobs uh and, and if you look at wages stagnated over the last twenty years as this happened and went down but we, we it's now reached the point that it's hollowed out our our manufacturing capacity in this country and fundamentally endangered the United States of america and and we've been this is we've been a huge critic of China on this show for for well over five years, actually probably the last ten years. And it, 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 you know, talking to people, the one for all the, for, I think the American people understand it. They've understood it for a long time. The elite class in Washington D.C. has finally understood it. Uh, the you know, I would talk to people that talk to very 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 high level people in Washington. And this is a, two three years back, and they were really, really worried about China, particularly the military. Uh, they saw what was happening; they were deeply disturbed. And and yet, it, 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 uh, just like the basically the factory workers in, in in Ohio, there was nothing. You know, it was impossible to get anything done because we had uh, corporate America was shilling for the Chinese, and private equity wanted to move in there, and, and financiers and Goldman Sachs wanted to expand in China, and they were lobbying for China. It, it, and so finally, uh, President Trump has stood up and pushed back on that, it, 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 and so we're moving forward. Now, we've got two choices. Look, in all fairness, typically over the last 50 years, there hasn't been an enormous amount of difference between the Republicans and the Democrats. I mean it, it's been – you know th- th- there's big differences, particularly on social issues, but it, it seemed like that nothing much changed. This time there's a big change. I mean, the the, the socialists have pretty much taken control of the Democratic Party and uh, they want to roll things back. But but the one is something that's tremendously concerning to people in Houston, Texas, is the war on oil and gas in Vice President Biden released his economic platform and he's now lumped oil and gas. He's not taking any contributions from the coal or the oil and gas sector. They're going to come down and pressure oil and gas. Oil and gas in the Democratic Party has moved to the same place as coal. And and understand, when Barack Obama was president, he destroyed the coal industry. Tens and tens of thousands of jobs, probably hundreds of thousands of jobs were lost in the coal sector. They didn't care. So the idea that they're going to care about the oil company jobs, you better understand, they don't care. Uh, You know, just like you go to church on Sunday to worship the democratic and these, these radicals up there, the environment is their religion and and, and so they just don't care. So it, it's you got on one side a free market capitalist system that look, hey, we've got to rein some people in out there, particularly in corporate America, very clearly, but on the other side, you've got a group of people that want to destroy the you know, destroy the United States. And they've moved for remember this started out it's real interesting. When did the Black Lives Matter and the socialists make their move? They made their move right when the American people were down, right when they were just coming out of lockdown. They were traumatized. Uh, The job, 20, 25-plus million people were out of work. They were struggling the country. They were frightened. What happened? They made their move when they perceived weakness. That's when they made their move to go after the American system. And if you listen to AOC and if you listen to Elon Omar and you listen to Nancy Pelosi and the rest of the the radical Democrats, and Pelosi's not really quite as radical, but I think she's basically trapped right now. Now it's gone from – originally it was, hey, we just want to get something, you know, Black Lives Matter. We want to sit there. We're tired of the police. It's moved from defund the police to, to, we want to change the system. We want to break up the system. They're not talking about the police system. Now they're talking about the capitalist system. That's what they're after, the free market system, the capitalist system that has made this the greatest country in the world. OK, we're struck down by this vaccine. OK, what what happened? And by the way, we covered this on this show in Early February, no one even understood what we were talking about, about the, all the supply chains that moved to China. This was equivalent to Pearl Harbor in the United States of America. We were struck down by the coronavirus, which somehow got out of China. And, uh, you know, it, we, it, it varies, everything about this virus says it's a gain function virus, which means it's been manipulated. You know, I don't know if it is most likely it escaped accidentally. They didn't tell everybody ahead of time. They didn't warn them of the dangers. They knew about the human transmission ahead of time. They controlled all the manufacturing, of the majority of the manufacturing of personal protection gear in the world. We had no no manufacturing left. Just like in World War II, our defenses were down. We had very little Army and Navy. Our our, our Navy was bombed in Pearl Harbor. By the grace of God, our aircraft carriers literally were, were not in there, and that saved us. But the same thing happened. We didn't have any personal protection gear. We didn't have anything. Okay, so we've had to sit there and struggle and fight back to get to where we're going now. And so so what do we do? We put the free market capitalists in place. We're working on 200 vaccines. In this. They're working on 200 different vaccines. This is the power of capitalism. And this is the shift in, in, in personal protective gear. They've gone from... February, March, April, May, June. Okay, five months. There's plenty of personal protection gear. There was a shortage. They they looked at this, Mr. President. This is serious. We're going to have a pandemic. Okay, let's get going. What well, we need to, you know, protect it. Well, Mr. President, we have a problem. We don't even have enough personal protective gear for our workers. We went from that to where we are today. We went from we had no idea how to treat this virus. We were sticking everybody on a ventilator by mistake. To plenty of ventilators, to, to different drugs. there just came out, 66% improvement in the death rate now, which is a fantastic thing. That came out of, of the United States. If you look at everything we're doing, we, we've gone from zero to where we are in, in five or six months, which is, a, it's really been February, March, April, May, June. It, and it was probably mid February. So it's been just, it's less than five months we have turned this thing around. We have moved forward with it and we're opening up the country back. Look, th- make no mistake about it. This is a difficult virus. It, it, you know, everything about it is difficult. There's after effects. It's a very tough virus to, 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 to beat. You know, people on the show, back in February, we talked about the R naught factor being over four at the time. When I was talking about it that show, the vast majority of people had no idea listening what an R naught factor was. I only learned about it. A, a week or two beforehand. We did our research at the Max Out Savings uh, Advisor Group. We looked into it. We compared all the different things. And, and I said, look, this thing looks like it's closer to a four. They said, oh, no, no, no. It's two. It barely it functions. Then it moved up to about 2.5 R0, which means simply for every person that gets it, two and a half more people. There's research out now saying this thing is 3.5 R0, affected, which is 3.7. There's re- good research out there now. It came out of out of uh, England on this. This is a very contagious virus. So what do we do? Again, what we laid out the case in this show, and this is important because it affects the world as we see. We said, look, this is a wartime thing. We have got to fight it like World War II. We have to move forward. We've got to get out there. We've got to reopen the country. Let me give you some, some facts here. We have over 25 million people unemployed. I'm really concerned what happens in another two or three months when the PPE end? and when there's a lot of big companies we believe aren't laying people off that could start laying people off unless we start getting this thing to recover. We've got to plow plow move this and build up the thing. Do you have a question? Yes we have Charles on the line. Oh go ahead. Uh hello good morning Dud.
2: Uh yes morning. Uh, just just uh before I ask my question, just to comment on what you were just saying. Uh, it's it's noteworthy uh, that uh, Gilead and I don't know if Roche was involved, but mainly Gilead uh, that they were besides the Remdesivir that they also I believe were the the ones that came out with the Tamiflu. So you know kudos to that company. I mean the research it's a domestic company and it you know it says something for for the fact of what you were just saying that. You know that a lot of the stuff needs to be done here uh, or at least the the, the the initial inventions and creativity seems to start here uh but what I wanted to ask you and and not to get off your topic but uh yeah. you know with all of the uh with all of the uh uh the, the these these trillions of dollars that are being printed at some point point, i mean there's already talk about the debt going up but and the question as to how some of this is gonna get paid. Uh what are your thoughts on these colleges with these huge endowments do you think that you know that it it it, it would be proper that maybe they need to start pay, uh, you know that some of these endowments need to start being taxed uh you know these uh, some of these universities are sitting on these massive war chests and what we're getting out of these universities in terms of 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 education just seems to be questionable what are your thoughts on that
1: yeah, this is this might be one of my favorite qu- question in in at least a month. Uh, look, I really appreciate you asking this question. I think this is a big deal. I tell you what, I saw the other day that University of the Texas system was on tap. They borrowed. They've they've been borrowing additional amounts of money. I, I forgot what it was. I think I know what it is, but I'm not going to say because I'm not sure. They're borrowing money out there because look, they, they're having expenses are going up and they're having to do. They are sitting on a multi-billion-dollar endowment at University of Texas system. Why aren't they pulling the money out of their endowments? These endowments are for rainy days. It's basically pouring down rain in a massive thunderstorm or possibly a hurricane, and these people are hoarding their endowments. It, it, it's inexcusable. Uh, we we had Harvard applying for PPE money, and they've got I, I don't know how many tens tens of billions of dollar endowment. It's a disgrace. I would rather not see the endowments taxed, but I really think – I think the president should come out and the Democrats, all of them should come out and say, look, they need to start dipping into these endowments and supporting these institutions and supporting the kids in these schools in the time of of hardship. This is what these things are in there for, Uh, and I believe that – we have too many groups out there that are watching their endowments go up, and they're so excited, and basically they're thrilled building their endowments. These endowments were put there for a purpose. It is it is beyond a rainy day, and I think at an absolute minimum, we should do it. I I, I do believe uh, in this situation, uh, if they're getting any support from the government, they should be taking out a certain percentage of their endowments, or the endowment should be taxed. It's an excellent question because it's, it's really pretty – it's disgraceful – to see to, it, why would why would these institutions be borrowing money when they're sitting on pools of tens of billions of dollars in these endowments? Makes no sense to, to well, me. Uh, go
3: ahead. Well, what I,
2: what I was going to say is, 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 you know, it's one thing to have an endowment, but there needs to be a cap on this to where it would be essentially non taxed I think once you exceed a certain threshold. I would think that at that point, then these people have to do something with this money, or it gets taxed. Because to take to take you know something here that was caused by the by the CCP uh, essentially, and through no fault of this country or all the free countries or any of the countries around the world, and to now ask the citizens of these countries to now pony up essentially their hard-earned money. To essentially pay these, you know, uh, this debt, to me is is inexcusable, and I think you know it's going to be hard to be asking the average citizen to be paying increases in taxes when you've got institutions like this that 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 have these war chests sitting there, and you know it, it just you can't exempt everybody out of this. Everybody's going to have to have skin in the game in some respects, and I would say that. Uh, the you know, as far as the, the amount that's there, I would say, yeah, obviously they're entitled to a certain amount here to, to promote education, approve the education. But I think beyond that, I think that then it's subject to tax, like a progressive tax, like anything else. And, you know, let the chips fall where they may and let that money be used to reduce some of this debt. I mean, that, that's really right, look,
1: i, I Yeah, I, I agree completely on this subject. Uh, And that, by the way, that includes foundations, particularly some of the super large foundations. Sure. And uh, look, full disclosure: I'm on I'm on a number of boards and stuff, and we're going to probably have some tougher conversations. But it it is, I I do believe, in in, in this type of environment, uh, there's a lot of people that really need to step up. That aren't there's a lot of people in, in really big financial trouble out there. There's a lot of families in trouble. There's a lot of uh, education, kids that can't get educated, and they're going to have to step up to the plate. A good, great call. Thanks a lot. Sure. Yeah. Look, I think this is something we really have to take a hard look at these these foundations and uh, endowments and different things because it, it's just shocking how, again, university, and I'm not the picking on University of Texas. It blames all over the place. Of course, as an Aggie, it's easier, but uh, it. It, they, all of them should step up to the plate, and they should not be, in my opinion, they should not be borrowing money. They should be pulling some out of the endowment. I mean, just taking on additional debt, it's hard to figure out where this is going to We're going to talk about this, a couple of things. How is this affecting the economy? I've got some interesting thoughts right after this quick break right here on the Max Out Savings Show.
0: The Max Out Saving Show with Ted Gioka is taking your calls now at 713-339-1070. Ted Gioka will return after these messages.
4: Hi, I'm Sam Malone. You know me as the host of The Morning Show right here on AM 1070, The Answer. But I'm also the owner of Houston's cutting-edge media company called 512 New Media. 512 New Media is Houston's only media creation and distribution company that's actually owned by someone who's currently on the air. And that gives us an incredible edge when creating content for consumers to use on their laptops, tablets, and smartphones. Standing by to create your message for 512 New Media, 512NewMedia.com.
1: This is Ted Gioka, host of the Max Out Saving Show, one of Houston's most popular financial radio shows, celebrating over a decade on the air in Houston, Texas. With stocks at record high valuations and interest rates near record lows, you need to have your guard up. You need to have a plan to manage risk to your retirement. Do you? At Maxout Savings Advisors, we have a risk-based value investing approach to your retirement. If you would like some help managing your retirement, go to maxoutsavings.com to set up an appointment. That's maxoutsavings.com.
0: Downtime with your family? That's good. Downtime for your hydraulics-enabled equipment? Not so good cranes, specialized haulers, bucket, and digger trucks. When they're not working, you're losing ground and money. South Coast Hydraulics can monitor, service, and repair the hydraulic systems that keep your equipment working. South Coast can design and install hydraulic systems for mobile and industrial applications, tool or press systems, complete manufacturing lines. When you think hydraulics, think South Coast Hydraulics, schydraulics.com.
1: I've been down around Houston, Texas, where the sun sets with the time I've been driving about 6 hours trying to get off so late Because I can an hour ahead and I
2: got to keep my
1: will go Welcome back to the Max Out Saving Show I've been down around Houston, Texas, where the sun shines most of the time. Charlie Daniels uh, passed away this week, a uh, phenomenal musician and great conservative. Uh, he'll be missed. Uh, but uh, a couple things. If you've got any questions or comments, you can give us a call at 713-339-1070. Let's take a call from Randy. Hello, Randy.
3: Ted? you had a
1: question for us
3: yeah yeah it uh, looks like we've got a lot on our plate this week uh i've been noticing yeah. i look at about maybe twenty twenty five you know stocks a day and and uh I've been noticing it looks like uh volume is is off quite a bit and and the spreads have widened a little bit maybe like five to ten cents now this is not like it was way back in two thousand and eight when spreads were ten twenty twenty five cents you know it was it was shocking but uh it seemed to me yeah. that that with the Nasdaq and the Dow and the 500 hanging in there pretty good that uh, it's the breath is not well, is not good. It's uh, it's it's Apple, it's Amazon, it's a few of the big companies that are doing it, and uh, Tesla is another one. I would I would say so. And I think there's a lot of money sitting out in, in money market funds and on the sideline. Do you think it's going to come in and? Uh, And uh, what's going to happen then? And I mean, will we get a handle on this uh, this virus thing? And uh, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I tell you what, I I think looking at this market, I you pretty much hit the the nail on the head. It it, the the the, uh, advanced decline lines aren't looking real good. It's really very concentrated in the in the mega stocks. you know, I, I think the Fang or, or like twenty per, it's percent of the S and P 500. It, it, looking at the at the at the S and P 500, it really hasn't. It's below the peak that that was back in about June 8th, about a month ago. And and if you look at the Dow, it's the same thing. The Russell 2000, same thing. What, what's hitting highs are the are, are, are basically the, the Nasdaq, and, and so. Uh, To me, I I think it's an interesting situation. Uh, Look, I I think two things that happen, either this market broadens out or it's going to really start selling down. The valuations to me are are really very stretched in in the NASDAQ. Uh, I I don't see how you can continue to pile all this money in there. Now, if that money starts coming out, then – yeah, you know i i i, I want to say Microsoft and I have looked at it in the last couple of days got about one point six trillion dollars apple one point six trillion market cap I think I added up the, the precious metal stocks a while back and it came out to be like the total sector was uh was about three billion was uh was about two two hundred billion or so in and, and, and that's the whole sector and and, and so uh, it, it, the if you look at uh, if you look at Tesla, Tesla had a market cap above Toyota, and I think they added up the market cap of of, of ford uh, Ford uh, Jeep in uh, General Motors and a couple other Nissan or something and and they didn 't add up to tesla 's market cap so these market capitalizations are getting stretched uh, what what i 'm looking at is the, the, clearly we have a second wave of the coronavirus, and we 're struggling to reopen. And in, we're in, in, in a very hotly uh, contested presidential election, probably the hottestly contested presidential election since the Civil War. Well,
3: we're either going to we're going to reelect you know President Trump, or we're heading into socialism and communism. But I have to tell you, yeah, I've studied this before, and and the reason why that socialism and communism don't work, there's no profit motive. In other words, if the government comes in and steals the fruit of your labor. You're not going to work, and and that's why that's why those those uh, that ideology fails. It, it can't it can't
1: work. Well, that's what happens because look, about twenty percent of the people in this country do most of the work. It, and by that, I'm not talking the twenty percent riches. I'm talking about if you take twenty percent of the of, of the people out there. Of the, if you look at all the people, twenty percent do the work. And if those twenty percent start realizing, hey, there's nothing to gain by doing this. It, 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 and it, then all of a sudden it, it, the whole thing falls down on itself it failed in, in 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 Russia it failed in it failed in in Venezuela look at Cuba i mean it, 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 and the scary thing is how hard it is to get these people out once they get in i mean it it's just it, it's extraordinarily hard look at venezuela i mean the, the average person has lost weight in Venezuela. I mean, they're starving in the country. That's how bad it is. China's done better because stuff. China opened up a free market. Well, so, and I know, uh, you
3: know one, and one thing about it, Kurt Sleacher wrote uh, an article about how we can smash the educational system now. And uh, the one item that caught my eye was he said instead of using government money is, is loans for the students, he said that the, 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 the schools, the universities themselves – ought of loan money, out of their endowment, or whatever they have. That way, if the students fail and they're not teaching them anything, then they won't be repaid. It'll be their problem, not not the taxpayers.
1: Yeah, no, I, look, it, yeah. I think something's going to have to be done there. Uh, in uh, look, I, I think you're going to see so many rapid changes here, uh, out, out there. But but you know, to these markets. Uh, I, I think it, unless you're getting – we're not getting a breakout uh, to new highs in the S&P. We're not getting Dow. We're not getting it in the Russell 2000. The trans, It's really the only place it's coming from is is a very small group of, of stocks, an enormous amount of speculation out there. Yeah, uh, Your final yeah. point, interesting point you made there, Randy, is the amount of money on the sidelines. What I've always thought is ultimately going to happen is this money is going to – if you start getting inflation, then it's going to start – cascading and that money is going to flash eventually. Sometime maybe it flashes in the market, maybe it flashes in the property market, maybe it flashes in spending and you're going to get a big inflation. Mm-hmm. And that's the uh, little, that velocity of that money is going to start exploding. Well, that,
3: inflation is pretty expensive. non-existent right now but, but do you think I've noticed that uh, it looks like we might be moving into another bond bubble in the corporates do you think it's a good time for me to start selling some bonds when they run up from 105 to 110
1: yeah absolutely look i i the fed's kind of gotten themselves in a box there. What they should have done is they should have just gone, look, we're willing to accept some losses to try to support some of the issuers that we think are are basically and reasonably uh, are gonna make, are gonna muddle through it but really need some 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 low cost loans versus subsidizing apple and amazon bonds well, which is what well, well, the well, 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 they well, well. built the bubble
3: what they're doing, they're filling up the whole concept of capitalism. In other words, now, we the whole concept of capitalism is the weak sisters fail. And, and so now we've got a bunch of zombie companies out there being propped up by the Federal Reserve.
1: Yeah, it, what we've done is, is we've, lost, we've lost pricing. have lost We don't understand what pricing is, the ability of pricing, because they've taken over pricing in, in the capital markets. Now, you can do that. You can do that with maybe some companies that you feel are in trouble. You're trying to save, but you can't do it with the whole market. So what's happening is, is when you or I are investing our, our money or our, our, we're investing our clients' money, we're we're basically competing with the Fed in overpaying on bonds. And, and meanwhile, people like American Airlines and, and, and these some of these other people are borrowing at eight percent or nine percent or more. They, they can't make it work at that level. And, then, and Amazon's borrowing at you know, 60 basis points for 10 years or 65 basis. It's, it's ridiculous. Uh, they're subverting the free market system. It's a big concern. And, the, by the way, the Federal Reserve knows they got a problem. This is why that balance sheet is shrinking so rapidly all of a sudden. Well, I wonder now, since the surge started about, uh,
3: what, about three weeks ago, maybe a month, that uh, stocks started going down. But I'm seeing them now in the last... Five or six, seven trading days, they begin to trend sideways. We building a base.
1: That's what I'm trying to figure out. Look, w- Wall Street basically came in and has been has basically thrown the towel in. They're bumping up the the uh, price targets and all these stocks over the last couple of days. We'll see if they're right or not. But it, it, it's basically really up in the air right now because you're up against a, a ferocious presidential election. That's either. Capitalism or socialism, and uh, you're in the second wave of a pandemic, and things aren't going well. And the economy's faltering a little bit with the, with the with the opening up. It's not a good place to be. Good, good call, Randy. Thanks. The look, looking out here, uh, what we're seeing is um, a couple thoughts. If you look at New York City, New York City. They, they had a complete lockdown. They still haven't reopened things. They tried to reopen some of the restaurants inside. They're closing them down again. They're closing New York down again. Uh, there's looting. There was looting throughout New York City, and, and they finally got that under control. The mayor basically threw the city open to looting, and now, now the, their murder rate is surging. Robberies are surging up there, and crime is out of control in New York. Now, looking at that, the new leases in New York City are down 36%. In in apartments, uh, 25% of the people in New York are not paying for their apartments. It, this can only go so long. What's happening in New York City is the people that can get out are getting out. The prices that are falling the most in apartments are two- and three-bedroom apartments. This is families. Families are getting their families out of New York to safety. And New York is descending into chaos because you've got a socialist, basically an avowed socialist mayor in de Blasio, and he's destroying the city. This is the most powerful, wealthiest city in the United States, and it's descending into chaos. This is a warning sign for the rest of the country. But, but it, 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 I think it's going to take years for them to come back. They're in very severe trouble. But it also highlights what's happening with, with the people, 25% aren't paying rent. Lots of strip centers, malls, uh, shopping centers, the numerous people aren't paying rent. Stores are still shut down. This can only go on so long. Much of the real estate in the United States is funded with debt. People have to make their debt service. If if if, if the apartments aren't rented, if the uh, if the uh, stores aren't open and can't pay rent, or if the stores can't pay the full rent, the property owners can't pay their mortgages. I think there's a lot of leverage in 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 the real estate system. We have got to get this economy reopened and reopen these if it reopen up stores, cities, schools. If we don't, we're going to have problem. Let me get an example, colleges. If they don't reopen the colleges and they do all remotely, all the places like it, UT or A&M, all the apartments, are, are they're not going to fill up. People aren't going to be able to make their payments. Uh, one of the uh, – I saw in, in New York, one of places where they have a lot of colleges run, they've got a 17% vacancy. They're going to be in trouble if, if, the, if the schools don't reopen up there. So we've got to reopen the schools. We've got to reopen the economy. If we don't reopen the economy, the real estate is going to start imploding. The lending is going to start imploding. It's going to affect the banks. It's going to affect real estate prices, it, and it's going to snowball on us. So we've got to get the economy going. This is something we want to watch. I mean, it is, it is not an easy situation. I, I was actually uh, was going to go over uh, to Georgia uh, to work on a project. Here in a couple of weeks, and yeah, you know, I started thinking more and more, and I saw that they had to reopen the the emergency uh, con- uh, hospital in their convention center or stadium. There's so much COVID, and I finally decided not to go. I mean, we really needed to be over that. We needed to have someone on site and uh, to look at this, and, and 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 I just decided it wasn't worth the risk. So, so it, it, it's tough. So our realtering is faltering. The, the key thing we've got to watch is we have got to get the schools reopened. If we don't get the schools and colleges reopened, it's going to cause big real estate problems. It's also going to cause enormous problems for working parents that they won't be able to get back to work because they're not going to be able to get their, they have to have some somewhere for their kids to go. It, it, it's going to cause a lot of mental issues with particularly children. It's going to delay their Development in their schooling. So, this is a big problem that we somehow have to get out of control. There's not an easy answer for it. And so, this is something we want to watch a little more closely in there. And this, this is why we, we, we tend to be a little cautious. It, it, we have to keep powering through for the opening. We have to keep understanding that we're, we're getting through this. We've got, we, we, we still have. I, I, this weekend, I saw a number of things where where the government's giving a half a billion to a billion, billion and a half dollars to companies doing viruses or doing treatments or or even – they're even paying people to, to put together vir, uh, vaccine delivery systems, figuring, out, hey, well, maybe if this vaccine doesn't work, we'll use your delivery or your injection to get the other ones in. They're building out factories. They're doing – behind the scenes, we're doing – it is a Manhattan project in place to sit there and defeat this coronavirus, but we've got to keep moving forward because if we go through another year of this, it's going to lead to a collapse of, of, of a good portion of, of the commercial real estate market, and it's going to put huge damage into our financial system we, that, 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 that could cascade into a depression type of situation. So that's what we're dealing with. Uh, but I'm going to expand upon this in some of the areas we think look interesting here after this quick break right here on the Max Out Savings Show.
0: If you've got savings and investment questions, Ted Gioka has answers. Call the Max Out Savings Show now at 713-339-1070. We'll be right back. Downtime with your family? That's good. Downtime for your hydraulics-enabled equipment? Not so good. Cranes, specialized haulers, bucket and digger trucks... When they're not working, you're losing ground and money. South Coast Hydraulics can monitor, service, and repair the hydraulic systems that keep your equipment working. South Coast can design and install hydraulic systems for mobile and industrial applications, tool or press systems, complete manufacturing lines. When you think hydraulics, think South Coast Hydraulics. schydraulics.com
1: If you would like some help managing your retirement, go to MaxOutSavings.com to set up an appointment. That's MaxOutSavings.com.
4: Hi, I'm Sam Malone. You know me as the host of The Morning Show right here on AM 1070, The Answer. But I'm also the owner of Houston's cutting-edge media company called 512 New Media. At 512 New Media, we create amazing videos that companies use on their websites,
1: Welcome back to the Max Out Savings Show. See, a couple things. If, you haven't go, uh, if you're not on our free Max Out Savings Report, uh, go to our website, maxoutsavings.com. It's completely free. We write about a lot, a lot of these issues in the report. Uh, a lot of neat stuff about retirement, about savings, about investment. It's maxoutsavings.com. If you also need some help with your retirement, you're retired, you're not sure what to do, that's what we do at Max Out Savings Advisors. Uh, we, we're value investors in the stock and bond markets. Uh, we'd like to help you out It's MaxOutSavings.com. dot uh, com. Do you have a question? Hello. Yeah, go ahead. You had a question for us. Yes, sir.
5: I, uh, I was um, I, uh, this is the first time I'm videoing the radio, and uh, I, I love your show. I've heard you before, but I was going to ask you, what about these people that are crossing our borders? What about the illegal aliens? Okay. I mean, they don't pay taxes like we do. A lot of them don't pay
1: taxes, and they're bringing, they're draining taxpayers and they're costing them billions of dollars a year. Yeah, look, it's a problem. I I, I think we really need to kind of shut them down right now. Uh, it, it, it's it, these these people. A lot of them are working in the United States, but right now there's a lot of people out. We have over 20 million people out of work. We've got to get jobs for those people. And also, we've got to control the spread. The coronavirus is spreading throughout South America, particularly Brazil, very hard hit. Uh, Ecuador, Peru, Mexico, it's spreading around. And they really need to control the borders and just flat shut it down. I mean, in a a national emergency, I mean, it's inexcusable that the borders aren't shut down. And the other thing is we really need to Take a hard look at who's coming into the country because, particularly the Chinese, they think there's thousands of Chinese spies. I mean, people don't realize there, there's been there's been a number of kids uh, expelled from universities for spying. Uh, it, you know, they, they just, it's done kind of quietly. You don't hear about it, but it happens. But yeah, I think we've got to control the 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 immigration. We've got to get this under control because our benefits are skyrocketing for people out there, and we can't afford all this. Good, good question. We got Larry on the line. Yeah, we have. I'm here. Yeah, go ahead.
5: Hi, Ted. How are you? How are you today? Good. Thank you. Um, I have a quick question. Uh, There's a lot of uh, very large corporate interests today who are very leftist in their political influence. Uh, is there no price for them to be paid for some of the stances that they've come in? You know, I think, for example, like the NFL and some of the, the crazy stuff that they're doing. But why do they do this, and uh, are they not afraid of any consequences for what they do?
1: Well, I, the problem we've run into is, that quite frankly, there hasn't been because people aren't standing up and saying things and calling up on the other side. The surprising thing about a lot of these boycotts, they figured out it's been basically a couple hundred people just organizing these boycotts. It, it, and so they, they did this big push, and it seems like there's tens of thousands of people. It really isn't. It, what corporate Americans – they have to, have to start standing up. As we talked about you know on the show a number of weeks back about the politicians, they basically have been cowards. They're not standing up. To, to this type of, of of programs and pushbacks out there they need to go, wait a minute, you're insulting these people over here. It, you need to make sure things are fair. Uh, I think uh, the NFL's really suffered because of this, and, and I think it's going to suffer more because I think people's tolerance, in, and I, I've talked to people on the right and the left, is really fast running out for all this stuff. But ultimately probably what it's going to take is really more organized uh, – The people on the right and the conservatives and in the middle of the country standing up, people have to start standing up and saying enough is enough. And people have been afraid to do this because they'll be afraid to call them a racist or something when they're really – this isn't about race. This is just about fairness. And and so people have to start having the courage to call in and stand up to these people. And our our corporate executives have to be fair about it and say, hey, look – if we're advertising on Fox, we're also advertising on MSNBC. So we're we're a fair on both sides. And, and this is you know this is it. But it's a tough thing. People have to stand up.
5: Well, do you see this happening in the future? I mean, uh, right now I don't see it. And and I can feel the fear myself. You know, I would have a real problem putting a a Trump uh, re-election sign in my yard because I'm afraid of what would happen to my house. And I wonder if I would even get a response from the police. So I understand where that comes from. But in corporate America, you would think it would be somewhat different, but maybe not.
1: I think it's starting to change. People are starting to stand up. You've just – people have got to start – even if it's just making a phone call saying, hey, look, I don't think this is right, uh, and just say this is not fair, and you, people have to start standing up and voicing. There There's a incredible majority of people – and by the way, it's across all race lines that are pretty fed up with this, and people just going to have to start standing up. Yeah, yeah the, the, okay. their answer is yes, they will. I, I sense they are. Look, I had a liberal – a uh, very liberal person call, it talked to me and just – and, and they were freaked out because people were going through uh, – they were going through social media in college in finding kids that made some remark about something and then trying to get the kids expelled from school. People are very con- – pe- the American people are going to have to start standing up. Good question. Uh, we have one more caller. Yeah. Another caller here. Yeah, go ahead. You had a question for us. Hello? Hello? Yes, hi. Uh, Welcome to the Max Out Savings Show. Yes, this is
6: Anne, and I had a quick question about uh, municipal bonds, uh, either self-managed or the managed account. The one particular one that I was uh, looking at was a Colorado fund. I know Franklin Templeton has some. What can you tell me about that, the good points and the bad points about it? I know that uh, one of the things would be the management fee, uh, looking at anywhere from like 25 to 4%. It just depends. But uh, can you tell me a little bit about your thoughts about that? I understand they invest mainly in infrastructure.
1: Okay. That's, that's a great question. Uh, it's actually a tough question, but a, a couple thoughts. Uh, the, um, the The... The, the fee, that three and a half, four percent 4%, typically the, the fees on the on funds are anywhere from uh, about 60 basis points to about one and three quarters on the funds. So you want a lower fee fund if you can get it. 35 or 4% is too high for something like that. Uh, okay. Co- Colorado, it, 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 if you'd ask me about a New York or a New Jersey or an Illinois or, or one of the northern tier states, or even California, I would say be real careful. Colorado's kind of in that gray area. It's it's liberal, but it's also somewhat conservative out there. It's better than most of them. It's still growing. A lot of people are moving into Colorado. Um, It's good. The southern states, I think, are better because they're more fiscally conservative. Uh, They don't have the massive uh, uh, benefits and everything else. I think a lot of municipalities, cities, and states are really going to be in trouble. Keep in mind, Uh, New York City, the majority of their their income comes from property taxes. Property values are going to plunge in New York. So you have to understand. I would say I would give a tentative okay to Colorado, but I like the southern states better. I would stay out of the northern states and lending in in municipal bonds.
6: Well, with the volatile times that we're in right now, I just hesitate completely, but I'm just trying to find a place that we can, you know, get a little bit of money out of, you know, more so than what's
1: happening. I I, I sense uh, look, look if, you, if you look at the corporate America has an enormous amount of debt. And it really worries me. The municipal, the, the, we have a lot of debt in the municipal area, but there's a lot more triple A and double A debt and even single A debt that's real solid out there in, in the municipal area. So I think there's better value in safer bonds in the municipal sector.
6: What worries me about the corporate debt is the central banks buying into it.
1: Yeah. But, well, and that's, to your point, that's the problem you, you, you kind of run into because they're they're skewed. We're not getting true price discovery, so you're overpaying in the corporate market now. So you have to be very careful. So the corporate market, you want to keep your your uh, your bonds very short term because right. there is there's just too much central bank interference in the sector. And if you well, listen to the top corporate bond managers in the world, they'll tell you the same thing.
6: Well, with everything that's happening right now, I don't know whether you're aware of the fact that uh, when all the stimulus package and uh, the uh, small business loans and everything they were talking about uh, and United Airlines was given a nice stimulus package, shortly after that China came in and bought out 51% of the airplanes and now United is renting
1: those from China. Yeah, no, that's the problem. Look, I mean, they're not, Chinese aren't stupid. When oil prices plunged to, you know, in the teens, they were buying oil to put into their strategic reserve. The Democrats didn't want to help out the oil and gas industry here, and we didn't do it. We could have been buying oil all day long at $15, $20 a barrel to put in reserves.
6: I I, I would like to know who bought Raytheon. There's a company called United Technologies. I'd like to know who who bought
1: that. Yeah, that, that's I like that company a lot. We're looking at it pretty closely. Uh, United Technologies is a great company. They put Raytheon together. They spun off the elevator business and the air conditioner business. I think it's a pretty good company. It's an American company. Oh,
6: good. Okay, I'm just I just know that Raytheon is like our number two builder of military uh, airplanes. And yeah. I was afraid it might yeah. be some conglomerate of the global elite oh. that might be doing this. You know.
1: Yeah. Let me tell you something. The Defense Department has done a very good job of keeping their their production internal to the United States. Their 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 top security stuff secret, keeping with American companies. You've got to have pretty high secure clearances just to even work for a lot of these companies. And so that the, the, the military sector has been the one sector we should be proud of for for fending off ask the Chinese you, yeah. technology. Yep. Okay, I'll and thanks another, a lot. I want to wrap up a few I ask things you here. Another quick question uh, A couple things I want to. I, What's that?
6: I said, can I ask you oh. another real quick question?
1: Yeah, real quick. Okay. Thanks.
6: Okay. You, you are aware that Saudi Arabia had bought out that, uh, our largest refinery in Port Arthur, Texas. And, uh, they, when they were, they were talking about all those, uh, those tankers coming in with the oil, that oil was coming in to be refined by those Saudi, that big Saudi Arabia refinery that we Yeah, have that's right a
1: Cortiva deal. Look, yeah, no, that's right. And, and that's, you know, but the Saudi a reasonably good ally. So it's not as big a concern, but we've got to keep everything American here. Uh, wrap up a couple quick things on the show. Uh, remember, if you take money out of your IRA, it is taxable. You can still, there, there, for, for the COVID virus, you can take money out up to 100000 and pay it back over three years. We don't recommend it. RMD's requirement of distributions for IRAs and beneficiary IRAs are waived for this year. Now, the government just came out a couple weeks ago and said you have until August 31st to put back any money that you took out, even if you took it out on a monthly basis for 2020, to put back in as far as RMDs. So if you're taking your RMDs out already, you have to August 31st to put that money back in tax-free. So this is an opportunity uh, that a lot of people have on automatic pilot and didn't realize the RMDs were waived or they've already taken some out, you have to August 31st. They just clarified that thing, so that's pretty important. A couple other things. Remember our motto and philosophy is to save aggressively, invest conservatively. in the show. You want to stick to that. These are tough times. Look, if you haven't, gone to our website, sign up for our free max maxout savings report. I'm going to try to expand upon these RMDs and some of the other advantages, some of the changes they made do to the COVID virus in this next report. Go to our website MaxOutSavings.com. If you need some help with your retirement, I'm happy to help you. Just you can request an appointment. It's right there on the website. Max Out Savings Advisors. Thanks a lot for listening to the Max Out Savings Show. We'll see you next week